0: Super Bowl week is here, and as per usual, the Helipod with MJD is brought to you by Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Everything from Viore is made for peak performance in a workout environment, but styled for everyday living. Cool gear that allows you to look good and feel good, whether you're working out or pounding away at the keyboard or just bouncing around town. If you're not already on the Viore train, on plenty of room, my friends, all kinds of gear to keep you warm in the winter. Of course, there are those staples that I love as well, like the core shorts with the built-in liner and the joggers for men and women performance t-shirts that are awesome for the gym. It's all on vioriclothing.com That's V U O R I clothing.com slash helipod get 20% off today. And this Super Bowl matchup, we've been waiting for it for a while. Cincinnati started the season at 125 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. Okay, that sounds like a long shot, right? Yeah, the second team in 40 years to reach the Super Bowl at odds longer than 100 to 1. To put that into perspective, the four other teams prior to the regular season starting at 100 to 1 or worse odds this preseason – Jacksonville Detroit Houston and the Jets they were terrible those four teams have the first four picks in the draft the worst four teams in football the other one Cincinnati going to the Super Bowl after going 4-11-1 last year absolutely unheard of the Rams on the polar opposite end of the spectrum one of the favorites in the NFC in the preseason after they acquired Matthew Stafford all they did was add Sony Michelle, Von Miller, and Odell Beckham Jr. This is a team that's built to win now. Older, more experienced, and the favorites as we sit here at the beginning of Super Bowl week in Los Angeles. Four-and-a-half-point favorites are the Rams at this point. We're going to look at some of these player props, find out who MJD likes, and David Carr, NFL Network analyst and former number one overall pick of the Texans. Going to give us some insights into the uh, – game and the Josh McDaniels hire in Las Vegas. What does that mean for his brother, Derek, and his future with the franchise? DC coming up in a few minutes, but we are going to kick things off with our favorite former NFL rushing champion, Maurice Jones-Drew, as the Helipod with MJD kicks off right now. And here he is, not quite in LA yet. On your way later this afternoon, MJD, from the uh, Bay Area, and then your week of craziness in the epicenter of the football world starts. You
1: ready? Dude, I tell you what. The Super Bowl may be the biggest sporting event ever because everything that leads up to it is like craziness. You know, they blocked off 11, I think, 11 square miles or 11 miles of fence around SoFi Stadium. You have to have like a special pass to get in and, I don't even know if I have it for work, bro.
0: Like. <laughs> you, you got people to do that for you. You'll be you'll be just fine. Um, yeah, it is crazy, man. Even going back to the NFC Championship game, they shut out most of the parking um, yeah. as they're getting ready, right? The NFL takes over the stadium.
1: They take um, over the city.
0: They take over – well, yes, they, they definitely are taking over the city. There's no doubt about that. Well, let's get into this, dude. Uh, Bengals coming in as four-and-a-half-point underdogs. And when you look at this on paper – um, the single biggest mismatch in this game, and it's not a big surprise, is that Cincinnati offensive line that allowed Joe Burrow to be sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL against that Rams defensive line. Um, you know, my initial reaction here, MJD, is you got to get this this running game going with, with Joe Mixon, right? He had 21 carries in the AFC Championship game for 88 yards. Well, that's easier said than done, dude. I mean... Against the 49ers, the Rams defense allowed 2.5 yards per carry. I mean, one of the best running teams in football, and I, the I don't, best
1: running team in football.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that you can. I don't know that you can count on that. How, let's look at plan of attack here, right? If you're Cincinnati going up against this Rams defense, specifically the the defensive line, how do you how do you attack them?
1: Uh, Well, I think very similar to what the Rams did against the Niners or what the Bengals did against the Titans when they couldn't get the ball going down the field. You got to do short passes, right? You got to get that defense going sideline to sideline. You have receivers with the ability to catch the ball and and make plays. Obviously, Jamar Chase is a guy, um, Tyler Boyd. You know, you got to get the ball out quick, right? Maybe a screen pass here or there, something to kind of get this defense to help your offensive lineman out. Um, And, you know, I I think – in the same breath where we say that Rams defensive line is dominant or has the edge over the offensive line at the Bengals, the Bengals three wide receivers, I think has the edge over the, of the secondary of the, uh, of the Rams, right? They, they have three first not first round, but three number one wide receivers on that team. And so uh, Darius Williams, um, Dante Dion, um, all the other corners, they have David long, Jr. Those guys got to step up and make plays. Right. Um, Eric Weddle's going to have to cover somebody if they get uh, Uzama back, who I guess he's supposed to be coming back. He's it looks like Uzama is going to try and play. Yeah. I mean, he's going to yeah. try and
0: practice this week and it looks like he's going to try and play. It's that MCL injury. I don't know how effective he's going to be, but certainly when he is healthy and he's out there, he's somebody you have to
1: contend. Right. And so it, that, so you have an advantage there. How do you take it? But how do you take advantage of your advantage? Does that make sense? Yeah. So to me, I think it's short passes, right? Uh, if you look at the Rams too, you know, it's so funny. I was actually, I got to say this. I was on Twitter and someone was like, how can you be a fan of a team and still be a journalist and be uh, critique them? Well, here you go. Right. I'm a huge fan of the Rams for, for a lot of reasons, you know, hundred, a hundred, couple hundred thousand reasons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: um,
1: but they struggle with running backs that run routes out of the backfield. Troy reader is an issue. He has a problem. He can't cover those guys. He's an in the box tackler. Right. So, If you could get Joe Mixon matched up on Troy Reader as much time as you want, you can win that matchup. We saw the the Niners do that with uh, Eli Mitchell, right? Late in the game, they found Eli Mitchell on a check down. He beat beat Troy Reader, got like a 20-yard game. So you have ways to do it. Rams, it's not like their D-line is just going to be able to stop everything. Like They're going to get pressure. They're going to get sacks. But when they don't, that's when you take advantage of that secondary in in the Rams linebackers.
0: It, it. I feel like the philosophy for a lot of teams, you You. hear it over and over because both guys, both superstars on the D line in Aaron Donald and Von Miller are undersized. So you hear a lot from opposing coaches. We're going to run right at them and force them to make a decision because we've run away from them. They're going to chase these running backs down. Like how many times have we seen Aaron Donald do that? It, it, can you, can you, is that effective against them?
1: No. So this is the thing. Kyle Shanahan had, so you want to know why the Niners beat the Rams six times in a row? Did I tell you this story?
0: Uh, I can't remember.
1: So it might have been, it was like three or four years ago. Aaron Donald had a crazy game up in San Francisco where he had four sacks. He had a strip fumble, a forced fumble, that. a fumble. Yeah. He just went crazy. It was it was unbelievable. From that point on, Kyle ran away from him, literally. And they won every game after that until the Super Bowl. And the reason it worked was because the other guy on the other side wasn't doing their job. Well, Ashawn Robinson showed up and made those plays so to me it's damned if you do damned if you don't run at aaron down if you want to you, you you could think that you're gonna maul him and the, like that doesn't work the best thing to do is try to run away run away get him running don't run to him shift formation all those things and force the other guys to make plays now this is the guy that you haven't talked about that gets just as much pressure if not more is Leonard floyd right He's a superstar too. He doesn't have the name of Von Miller because obviously Von Miller's been there and done that and Aaron Donald, but he was the one going one-on-one with Trent Williams all game and was wearing him out. Right. So um, that's
0: Trent Williams, by the way. I mean, he might be the best left tackle in football. The guy's an absolute monster.
1: Yeah. And he was getting thrown into Garoppolo at times. Right. So you, you have three dudes to worry about and then you have Greg Gaines still. And let's not forget. Ashawn Robinson was a, was a number 38th pick. He was a first-round talent coming out of Alabama, right? That got drafted to Detroit because he was supposed to be a run stopper. He could, he gets sacks. He finds a way to the quarterback. So you got five or six guys that can come in and, and put pressure on you right away. That's going to be the rotate. That's going to be where the D line, the O line, are for the Bengals, going to have issues because they can rotate and put guys in and get pressure. Um, but again, like I said, you got to get the ball out quick if you're going to continue. And this is what Zach Taylor does. He was very, he's very stubborn the same way that McVay used to be when he first started coaching. Um, if you're going to just sit back and think that you're going to be able to have those receivers run long, developing routes down the field. Okay. Like, Oh, if you, if you think that's going to work good. Okay. Let's see if it works. Right. Cause it's not, you're going to get the D line. You're going to have to get the ball out within two to three seconds every time. Cause they're coming.
0: Which is what Burrow did very well against Kansas city. And you hit the nail on the head where, he he got the running backs involved in that game. They had yeah. seven catches or six catches for 70 yards out of the backfield with uh, P. Ryan and Mixon. And I would anticipate they would try to do that again, right?
1: You would think so. I mean, this other thing they have, that you, you have a double agent on your team. Your head coach coached on this ro- on this staff. He understands this roster. He understands what guys are trying to do. He might not have been here when you acquired Leonard Floyd. And that's fine. But he's coached, and he knows – uh, Aaron Donald. He knows, I think he was there with Jalen Ramsey, right? He, he knows a lot of these guys on this roster. He knows how they work and what they do and how to cover. So they got it. They have a double agent, which is good. Like your coach came off of this staff. So you got an opportunity to have, like, if I was him, I'm giving them all the game, which I'm sure he is. He's given all the secrets. This is what this guy likes to do. This is what that guy likes to do. Right. Of course. That's what you're supposed to do. So let's see if if that works out. Uh, He knows Higby, he knows cup. Um, I'm sure he knows Andrew Whitworth. I'm sure he knows, you know, the offensive line to an, uh, to an extent. Um, I'm sure he knows Aaron Donald and Troy reader and, uh, your safety, um, from Penn state. I forget his name, Scott, you Scott. And he knows Weddle cause Weddle was there. Like, you know, all these guys, you know how they tick, right? The Rams haven't, the Rams have added some superstars, but if you look at their roster, those are a lot of guys that were on the practice squad. Those are a lot of guys that were on the back end of their roster that they've just developed into being starters in the national football league. So if you're Zach Taylor, you've only been gone for two years, right? Three is just third year. Right. A lot of those dudes have been around.
0: He was on that staff. He was in the 2019 Super Bowl staff and he saw that he was there firsthand, right? When McVay struggled to make the adjustments and he was surprised by what new England brought out. And that I, I don't, I guess I don't know how to phrase this question really, but who, who has the advantage having been in the building? I would think that's Zach Taylor when you're, when you're prepping, right? Because he has knowledge, obviously of both teams as opposed to McVay, who only knows his team, but McVay also knows how Zach Taylor thinks.
1: And vice does versa. he though? Sure. Well, how, how does he know? I mean, I mean they're, they're Zach Taylor was a receivers coach. Together. Yeah, but they're talking, they're game planning, right? Doesn't he have an idea of how he ticks? Dude, there's, 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 this is the thing, and this is what I want people to uh, understand and listen to our podcast. I, I try to keep it as real as I can here. I don't give everybody this. This is special because this, this means a lot to me. I know how you think when you call plays. That's the only way I can know how you think, right? I know how you think when you're putting in a pressure situation and what you do. That's the only way I know how you think. Now, I'll tell you this. I remember when the Washington football team, they were formerly known as some of was the Washington commanders now. Is it the commanders?
0: Don't act like you don't know the name of the commanders.
1: Okay. It's the commander. You know I just want to name make sure you respect
0: the name young man.
1: I'm okay with it before they <laughs> were the other name. And Jay Gruden came to, to LA with Kirk cousins. They beat the Rams and they beat the Rams because defensively they knew how Sean McVay thought. Why? Cause he called plays. And then so when you call plays in certain situations, when your heart rate starts to go up, you go to what, you know, okay. That's what they did. And so if Zach Taylor didn't call plays, which I don't think he did. Sean called him all the time. Then I don't think he gave guys like yeah, an opportunity. Sean called call. them all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like maybe I don't in the think preseason. He, I don't think he did Zach Taylor in the preseason because he was, well, he was a receivers coach. He wasn't the the co- OC. I remember when
0: LaFleur was there. LaFleur said he got one preseason game. That mean he was only there with the Rams for one year. Right. In LA, but but once, that's what I'm saying. Year. Yeah.
1: So when that happens, I don't know how you call plays. I don't know how you think. Right. We could talk ball all we want to, but until you're going to put in a pressure situation, you don't know. I, I tell my kids all the time, you know, we go back to what we know when we get put in a pressure situation. But if I've never seen you in that, I don't know what you know. Does that so make it sounds sense? Like
0: you're, so it sounds like you're saying advantage Zach Taylor, not in terms oh. of overall coaching, but just in terms of of institutional knowledge of what oh, is yeah. going on in that
1: building. Clearly. You know, you listen, I used to tell people this. It was a funny joke. Uh, the Cardinals game, someone said when things aren't going well for Sean McVay, he goes back to old reliable, the 2018 playbook where they just, you know, they ran certain plays over and over and over again. They ran against the Arizona Cardinals to get back on track, right? So, you know, when things hit the fan with McVay, these are the routes that he's going to go to, right? This is the concept he wants to go to, right? You, when you watch the Rams defense again, we didn't break down the, the NFC championship game, but I'll tell you this. The two touchdowns that the Niners scored on were on fire zone blitzes, Dan. There was an issue with the Rams on the sideline. Like, why are you blitzing when we have almost $200, $300 million on the defensive line? Just play coverage. Just rush and play coverage. When you try to do extra, we're giving giving up. So the Debo screen, they brought a fire zone blitz from the uh, other side. Debo had a free run. On the Kittle screen, they brought a fire zone blitz from the weak side again. Kittle runs up the seam untouched. Right. So now you you're looking at this like, OK, they're not going to they they better not blitz us. Right. If, I don't I don't think the Rams will blitz Joe Burrow. That's that's how I'm looking at the game. That's how I'm thinking. If I'm, you know, Zach Taylor looking at Rameen Morris. But if you look at the other way and you look at the Bengals, you're like, bro, like. I don't know, they made some adjustments in the in the Chiefs game that blew my mind. Right. The, the one adjustment they did, they kept the quarterback in the pocket. Right, they made sure Mahomes can do all that scrambling around, running around stuff. They made him stay in the pocket. They did some other things, uh, adjustment wise, that helped Eli Apple to be 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 better in coverage. So, like if you're the if you're the the Rams, you have way more work to do than what Zach Taylor and the Bengals do, because Zach Taylor knows what you're doing offensively. So you can give that to his defense, and then defensively, you know what's going on because you know that personnel. You know what they can and can't do.
0: Do we sleep on? This Bengals defensive front because Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have been pretty damn good this year. And I feel like because of Aaron Donald, because of Von Miller, obviously they are name brands in the NFL, right? Everybody knows those guys. Von Miller, the MVP of the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And obviously Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in football. But oh, by the way, Hubbard and Hendrickson, pretty damn good. They got to Mahomes four times in that game,
1: they sacked him twice, rushing three. Yeah. Three, Dan. I tell. What do I tell you about the Rams' offensive line all year? What do they struggle with? You're. you're do you remember? Do you listen to me, or you just let yeah, it go? no, I do listen other? to
0: you. You. You said they're a better pass blocking offensive line than a run blocking offensive line. Do I have that inverse, or that that was no. wrong?
1: Wrong.
0: <laughs> I got they, it wrong. They
1: struggle with big physical defensive linemen. Right. So it's not about those DNs it's about reader in the middle. It's about the other guys that come in that are 330 pounds. Uh, you could, if you could list some of those guys weights for me, you'll see what I'm talking about. Right. If uh-huh. you look at what Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry did against him, when they played the Titans or when they moved uh, Armstead inside for the Niners, it, ge- it gives them trouble. Right. And let's be honest. The AFC is a much more, the AFC North is a much more physical, physical division than the NFC West. Oh, right. No doubt. So no that's where the struggle lies. Both these defensive lines can take over the game if they want to.
0: Yeah, right? it's 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 funny. I'm I'm looking at you got Reeder, you have BJ Hill, uh well Ogan Joby was there, he's not there anymore, but those those two guys are the guys in the in the middle that that can wreak havoc. And by the way, you know, the Logan Wilson pretty darn – I like the linebackers for Cincinnati. The linebackers as
1: well. are underrated. I mean, they're going to be tested for sure. They, they, got, they got a tough test for him. Logan Wilson does a great job. He's a runaround guy. Gets to, he gets sideline to sideline. He gets, makes a lot of tackles, but he's going to be tested. You're going to have to tackle Cam Akers in space. You know the Rams are going to do that, right? They're going to find ways to get Cam Akers the ball in space. They're going to find ways to get Cooper Cup matched on a linebacker. Um, the, to be honest, if you think the D Rams defensive line, you know who has the hardest matchup in this, in this game? Who's that? The two nickel corners, whoever they are. Mike Hilton for the Bengals, you got yep. Cover Cooper Cup. And then whoever whoever's in the slot for the Rams, if it's David Long Jr., if it's Jalen Ramsey, whoever it is, you got to lock up with either Jamar Chase, T Higgins, or Tyler Boyd.
0: Do you put Obviously, you're going to see a lot of of Ramsey on Chase, but I don't he's know. Gonna, Are he's you not going to travel with him the whole game, right? That's just he doesn't always do that. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. What would you do?
1: Um See, I would travel. I would put him on chase. We just gonna eliminate him. We're going to make the other guys beat us. Right. We know Joe Burrow when he gets in again, like I always tell you, you know, everyone has uh, in your DNA. We, you know, some the people call it fight or flight. When you get in that mode where it's either like you got to run or you going to stand your ground. Everyone has a choice to make. Well, we know what Burrow's choice when the things get sticky and you need to play. Where does he go? He goes to Jamar. Simple. So I'm going to take that away. But, but here's the thing. Kansas
0: City essentially did that. They doubled well, they did it. They, But they didn't
1: have Jalen Ramsey, though.
0: Well, yeah, they don't have Jalen Ramsey. So, so you can't still, tell so they, me they, they didn't travel did travel anybody. They just doubled him more.
1: Yeah, but that, did it take him away?
0: It didn't completely take him away, but it limited his effectiveness.
1: Yeah, it they is, still lost.
0: No, they still lost, but he didn't explode. He didn't have a huge game. He didn't go for,
1: you know. But he still scored the touchdown to get him tied up. That is true. Right? Is so true. I got to eliminate that. I got to take that out. We can't even... I don't think the Rams would do it. I think the Rams will move Jalen around some. but I, think I guess I'm just game, looking at the fact, chase. yes,
0: they, they won the game. He did score the touchdown. He had 54 <sighs> receiving yards after having two 100-yard games coming in, so it didn't result in a win. But my point is that they made a greater effort than either the Titans or the Raiders did to take him and eliminate him from the game plan, and they held him to 54 receiving yards, and Burrow was able to make that adjustment and go other places.
1: Well, I mean, like I told you, they have two other number one wide receivers, Tyler Boyd, who's tough, and then T. Higgins, who's one of the better uh, jump ball guys in the National Football League. Like, they, when they drafted T. Higgins, I said, oh, they got a plan, right? T. Higgins is the number one wide receiver. He's going to go up and get it. So for me, like I told you, it's going to be on the everyone else, right? Now, Odell Beckham Jr. has to have a huge day. You're going against Eli Apple. Right. And, and no disrespect to Eli Apple, he's having a great year, but I don't think he could cover Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, they might have been in New York together, too. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think they were. So I think they know each other pretty well. And my my uh, my, my mind and my heart tells me advantage uh, Odell on that one. You know, they don't their corners aren't great. No, Cheeto they have a, they a, have and- they have
1: two good safeties. They have a really good defensive line and they got guys that run around a linebacker. And, and, and that's not saying that you can't win that way because they found a way to win. Like I said, this comes down to one-on-one matchups, right? No matter what happens, this game is going to come down to one-on-one matchups. The last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl, that game came down to what? One on one matchups. Who's who's the most important one-on-one matchup in the game? I would say it's either it's probably Mike Hilton versus Cooper Cup. Interesting. Because I feel like Cooper's gonna get
0: his, right? Like I feel like he's gonna. But we're you gonna
1: go- you but that's the thing, though. If he doesn't get his, you're gonna force everyone else to do their thing. Right. So this is this is a, so I'm going to tell you, this is the the Patriot way. This is just Bill Belichick's way. I heard it. I don't even know if it's true or not. This is what you hear through the league. Bill is going to take away your top two threats. However, he does it. The top two threats are gone. They're going to force your third threat to beat you. So a lot of times he puts his top corner on your second receiver and then he double teams, your first guy. And then they man up your, your third guy. Your third guy has to win. That's how you beat. That's why Buffalo is able to beat him, because Buffalo has has four four weapons. Right. Your quarterback can run. You have a tight end, and you have a Cole Beasley singled up.
0: Well, that's what he does every game. I mean, they they take away what you're best at, and they you're right. You're absolutely right, and that's why they were so good for so long. Um, well, let's take a look at some of these some of these numbers here, because I think this will uh, this will be interesting to get your take on some of these. the The total, the point total for the game, over under
1: 48. You see under, oh, you see over, over that. Over that. Oh, you're seeing a lot of points being scored then. Oh yeah. What are the Bengals what are the Bengals uh, what well, they were like a, they were what well, they're averaging like 27 points a game the Rams are averaging 32 at one point in the playoffs Yeah I'm pulling up their uh, I'm pulling up their schedule right now I thought the um, Bengals
0: the, the the Bengals in the playoffs have scored 26, 19 and 27
1: So that's about 20 what That's about 24. 23 points 23 24 points Yeah around there Okay. And look at the
0: Rams. Let's look at the Rams. The uh, – well, I, I just feel like – I could see this going both ways. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't touch this with the with – the they've scored 20, 30, and 34 in the postseason. 34 against Arizona, 30 against Tampa Bay, and 20 against San Francisco.
1: So that's about – it's close so that's to That's about 30. 25
0: points a game. So that's right on the number. It's pretty close. It's
1: a little over 25,
0: but yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's look at this. All right. So you're going over there. Joe Mixon over under 64 and a half yards in the Super Bowl. Total? Yeah. uh, Rushing yards. I'm going to say under. Okay. Joe Mixon has gone over 64 and a half yards one time in the postseason, eight times in the regular season. So almost half of his regular season games, he goes over 65. Cam Akers. This is an interesting number. Vegas has him getting more yards in the game, more rushing yards. 65 and a half is is his total. He's only played in four games this year. He's never rushed for 65 yards in a game this season. Season high is 55 against Arizona in the divisional round. What do you think over under there?
1: I I think I'm going to go under. I don't think the Rams are going to try to run the ball.
0: Okay. Odell, over under five and a half catches. Over. So he's had more than five catches, three times total this year with the Rams. But here's the key. Two out of those three times have been in the last two games. So he is uh, trending in the right direction. Stafford, 24 and a half completions, more or less.
1: Uh, i more. I'll say more.
0: Okay. Yes, more yes, yeah, so yeah, they,
1: they got they're gonna have to throw the ball. Yeah.
0: Well, and you you said you think that's what they're gonna do, right? They're not yeah. Uh, they're uh, I part of me thinks that McVay might try to mix it up and, and come out and
1: establish. He's not going to do that, is he? That's not his game plan. He's going to establish the run enough to be able to play action pass. Like, the, I heard this, and again, this is from the podcast. I heard when they when they acquired Matthew Stafford, he wanted to be 65-30 pass past the run. That's what he wanted to do. So you're in the biggest game. What do you think is going to happen?
0: You're going to let it rip. Joe Burrow been letting it rip. 276 and a half passing yards over under over. Okay. He's gone over 276, eight times in the regular season. One time in the postseason. Stafford, two and a half touchdowns over under. Oh, over. Okay. He's so he had, has to get three,
1: right? Yeah.
0: So he has to get three yeah. to win the bet. So he's had two touchdown passes in all three playoff games. However, during the regular season, he had three or more nine times. More passing yards, Burrow or Stafford?
1: I'm going to say Burrow and a loss.
0: Because he'll be coming from behind is what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, 80.5 receiving yards over <sighs> under.
1: I'm going to say under. Okay.
0: He's done it. He's gone over twice in the postseason, but just six times during the regular season. So
1: this which... is what I'm going to tell you. If he goes over 100, if he gets 100 yards, that ain't gonna, that ain't good for the Rams. So if Jamar
0: Chase gets over 100 yards, Bengals likely to win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. That means they got a lot going on. Cooper Cup, eight and a half
0: catches over under. Over. Okay. He's had nine or more catches in two of three playoff games. And we are finally to the point, MJD, where, drum roll please, you're picking the Rams.
1: Yeah, 38-31. Oh, you got a score and everything for me. Yeah, I told you. I I, I just think, look, this is what I think. The league, the game, the way it stands out, the way both offenses know it, like they they run the same offense. They know how to dissect defenses, right? So expect them to score points. Expect points to be scored. Expect it to be defensive points scored in some situations. These are two high-powered offenses going against each other. Remember when the Rams played the Chiefs Mm -hmm. and then Monday night, it was that no, back was and forth game, Yeah. but it was, it was a great game because the defense scored some like you had some defensive stops. They scored like it was, but it was, it was a high scoring game. I expect something similar to that.
0: All right. You can, you're not going to catch me on the season. I have the crown. I have the belt, but uh, I'm going to go Rams too. I, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think it's going to be under the total and I hope I'm wrong because I'm going to be sitting there as a fan with my son. So I want to see points galore. Right. Um, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Rams 24-21. And I think it'll be I think it'll be a seesaw battle throughout. I think the lead the lead is gonna change hands a couple of times.
1: Yeah, I think I think both teams, I'm just telling, I just I just have a feeling both quarterbacks have that 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 kind of the FU mentality. You know, Matthew T-Saffer called it a dark place. I've seen Joe Burrow go to a dark place before. I think it's gonna be a big time game, man.
0: I can't wait, man. The Bengals back in the Super Bowl for the third time in their franchise's history. It's the first Super Bowl in LA in 29 years. The Rams making their second trip in the last four seasons with uh, McVeigh at the helm, and it, it's kind of all or nothing, man. They, you know, Cincinnati's playing obviously with house money at this point. If you're the Rams to get here and to not leave victorious would be a disappointment.
1: So I think you're exactly right. I, I mean, the Rams have done. I, I think Cincinnati playing with house money.
0: They were four right? 11 and one last year. Hell yeah. They're playing with house money.
1: Right. I think the Rams have more pressure to go out there and perform because of all the acquired, the trades, the signings, all those different things. But you did that and it worked. Right. And so for me, it's like. Both teams are the fourth seed. So, both of Cinderella stories, there ain't no like one seed versus the fourth seed. No, ain't none of that. This is all easy. But
0: doesn't it feel like that, though, because of the star power the Rams have and the fact they were one of the preseason favorites to get to the Super Bowl? But the, the, it feels it, like it's a one seed against a four seed. It
1: does. But to be honest with you, like when I look at it, um, when I look at the game, the stars are there because you're in LA. The Bengals have stars. They do. They got they got playmakers. Right. And 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 I was just talking to a young kid of mine, uh, this kid that, that trains at my gym. We were talking. I was trying to give him some some simple advice. You know what the advice I gave him? Winners win. <laughs> Losers lose. I said, that's the advice. This is that simple. Right. And it's a little deeper than that. But I, I told him, I said, you remember when the Niners, because he's a Niners fan. I said, you remember the week before the Niners played the Rams? He was like, yeah. I said, all you heard were Niners talking. Oh, we can't wait. We're excited. All the fans. You didn't hear anything from the Rams. This we week. Not?
0: I don't really remember that.
1: No, the Rams don't. The Rams didn't say much. Right. They There was nothing to say. There was no like there was no material. Well, you to lost be like
0: straight. Right. So you have to let your yeah, play do your talking. There's really nothing. Yeah.
1: You to had say. to just chill. Right. This week. Who do we see a lot on TV? We see. Well, we're going to see everybody this week. We're going to see everybody. Coming up to this week, we've seen a lot of Bengals. Right. We haven't seen a lot of Sean. We haven't seen a lot of Stafford. We haven't seen a lot, even though they're talking, but they're not giving you that that um the you bulletin know, board material. It's I don't, not like bulletin it, board material. It's just like they're just not giving you substance. Right? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. No, when I get you that. Ask a
1: question, it's just like what you like. Oh yeah, like they got this guy. They got like they're not.
0: They're giving they're you a, kind of the Patriot way type interviews. Yeah, they're point. not
1: as excited because they've already been there. They they remember when they first went there, it was like a bunch of hoopla. and just trying to give you a little, little hint. Winners win and losers lose. It's that simple. And I so think the Rams are winners. So
0: profound. That is uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. Hey, dude, have a fun week. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to catch up with you. Um, I will be at the game definitely won't get to catch up with you there cuz it's going to be a madhouse. Let's uh insane. let's touch base after and, and try to have some fun, dude. I know you're going to be working most of the time, but try to have a little fun too.
1: <sighs> we'll see. I'm on the, I'm on the path, the path to drop all this weight off, man, and get super skinny. So that's what I'm focused on now.
0: All right, you and me both, we'll, we'll make it happen. I'll talk to you soon. Uh quick break here on the helipod with NJD and then David Carr coming up on the other side talking Super Bowl. And Las Vegas Raiders, what does this mean with their new head coach for his little bro? It's only a kick. (laughs) A jump. A block. It's only a serve. (laughs) It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. As avid sports fans, you know the importance of a good playbook. And that's why the experts at Vaco and Morgan Franklin Consulting created the Trends and Transformation Survey Report. Based on feedback from over 160 business leaders across all industries, this ebook will quickly become your guide on how to thrive in the year ahead. It features insight into how today's leaders are approaching business transformation in 2022, including their most concerning barriers and challenges and the way they're adjusting their transformation strategies. Everything you, as a business leader, need to know about the current outlook on business transformation, like the talent shortage, implementing new technology solutions, and improving digital capabilities, it's right here in this guide. Let Vago and Morgan Franklin Consulting coach you up with their Trends and Transformation eBook. Head over to Vaco.com, that's V-A-C-O.com slash Helipod, and get your free eBook today. Greens Plus is a leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder, and the first company to infuse green superfoods into a bar greens plus bars and powders taste great and they're the most effective way to improve your immunity detox your body boost your energy and get that nutritional insurance that your body deserves from organic gluten-free premium green superfoods where do you get it well you can get it at whole foods amazon or greensplus.com with free shipping today i love the energy bars the Wildberry Superfood Powder. Try it today, and we're going to give you 20% off at greensplus.com with the promo code HELI. So the quarterback perspective, coming with our buddy David Carr of NFL Network and ready for a, uh, I'm assuming, busy Super Bowl week for you, D.C. Are you Are you going to stay up in Bakersfield and do everything via Zoom? Or are you going to be there on site?
2: No, it's actually going to be pretty cool. I get a chance to actually be in the studio. So, um, I mean, Although, I mean, there were some positives to kind of what happened over the last couple of years. I literally, that wall right there, there's a studio right behind that now that was a garage. And we just put a wall up, put a camera in there, and then I just did everything from here so I didn't have to travel or, or drive to LA. So that was, that was kind of nice, honestly. But we'll be in the studio, so it'll be in LA. It'll be fun. And I'll be there Monday through Friday. And then we're going to do a couple of segments with some random quarterbacks that come in that might air on the weekend. But that's it, man. It'll be super easy. Well, taking
0: of Speaking of quarterbacks, man, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, you know, you got two of the best. And I think, you know, I don't know, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, if I had said, all right, who do you take in one game to win it in the Super Bowl? Are you going Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? Yep. Most of America probably would have said Matthew Stafford. But when you break down this quarterback ma- matchup right now, I, I feel like a lot of the pundits and the experts are are, are going – with Burrow in terms of having the edge going into this game. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I've struggled with that myself. Like, because I got stuck thinking he's a young kid. He's inexperienced. Their offense isn't – it's not at the cutting edge. They do a lot on offense that makes you concerned as a quarterback. Like, protection-wise, what they asked Joe to do. And not that he can't do it, but, like, it's not the best. Like, you don't hear Zach Taylor's name mentioned as one of the top offensive coordinators and there's a reason for that now it's not a bash on zach he's in the super bowl so he's doing something right but they have some clear deficiencies and the hard part and kind of what you're talking about and why we are starting to lean towards joe's because he's overcome all those that's what's been crazy is like i've been sacked nine times like he was against the titans i did not win an afc playoff game against the number one seed on the road like i got blown out in san diego against the chargers like junior sale Ended my day. It was that was it. You know, I had a headache for like a week and a half. I didn't do what Joe did, so that's where we're starting to think this guy has got a little bit extra that maybe you can't quantify, and maybe because we're not in the building, we're not around him all the time. I think everybody knows what it is. I mean, you just kind of watch his mannerisms, how he carries himself. He's got a ton of confidence. He talks to his coaches. He's he's on the details, and the really cool part was watching him go against uh, Pat Mahomes. And Pat Mahomes is the quintessential uh, outside the X's and O's make dynamic plays type player, right? And they're playing against each other in Kansas City. Hostile environment, I've been there, it's loud. My brother's played there. It's just ridiculous, right? You can't hear anything. He talks about that going in, how it's not that big a deal. He gets on the field, doesn't look like it's that big a deal. He starts making plays above the X's and O's, breaking tackles, throwing Chris Jones off of him like Patrick does. Um, but he was doing it within the, the confines of the, of the offense where in contrast, Pat was trying to do it Where there was really no reason to do it, you know, and so the beauty of what does is, the moment's never big too big for him, and he's able to stay within himself and try to run the offense and throw it to the right guy. Like look at that last drive in Kansas City, they go right down the field. It's like a couple quick slants, and a couple handoffs to mix in, just boring normal offense. But he did exactly what he was supposed to do, um, from a quarterback standpoint. The moment didn't get too big where he couldn't make the right player. He tried to do something extra. He just does what he's supposed to do, makes the right throw. nothing really confuses him. They, they aren't a great offensive line, but man, he covers up a lot of that stuff. So it's, it's still, for me, it's still, you look at the Rams and, and the Rams they're, if you played this game on paper, the Rams win every time, you know, but it's not played as you know, on paper. So it's, it's a, it's a tough one to, it's a tough one to read in my heart. I say it's going to be the Rams by 20, you know, but I don't, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Right. So we'll see.
0: I, I find it fascinating you talk about the Cincinnati offense, and I've heard this before being relatively simplistic compared to some others because Zach Taylor, obviously from that coaching tree, right? Yeah. That yeah. Uh, that Sean McVay coaching tree and, and working in L.A. before and there yeah. the last time they went to the Super Bowl, he, he was there. So from a coaching perspective, and remember when McVay went to the Super Bowl for the first time, he had two weeks to prepare for the Patriots self admittedly, he, he overthought it. He was outcoached in that yep. game. He was not prepared for how Belichick brought the defense out because it wasn't yep. what they had done in the past. Um, if you're Zach Taylor, knowing that, how do you attack this Rams defense?
2: So I think that I think first and foremost, what they've done is they've they've tried to eliminate what happened against Tennessee. They were in a lot of situations where they were in empty sets. They were kind of exposing themselves. You know, you already have some clear issues in pass protection. Um, so I think what they did there is they got the ball out of his hand quick. They eliminated some of that stuff with you know chipping with the tight ends and kind of being being intentional about that. So that that helps. Um, and I think that what you bring up is actually what Zach has done so well. And it's actually, it's actually brilliant because he came from, like you said, Sean's coaching tree. and he gets to Cincinnati and he realizes what he has in this quarterback. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to do that stuff. We're not going to be in tight formations, play action pass with Joe's back to the defense. We'll play action pass. It's going to, it's going to look different. You know, what we're going to do is we're going to be an empty, right? Which is going to, it's been a little bit of an issue for him, but we're going to be spread out and let Joe see the field and then get the ball to his playmakers and that's been like, yeah, it's overly simplistic when you look at it on film, but man, are they efficient? Like they're, they just, he just goes to the right place. Like you'll see, right? That the big question is like, how is Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase? Like, what are they going to do there? So, cause Jalen doesn't always travel with guys, but right. if you look at how he plays football, they basically dare you as a defense to line up and cover him one-on-one and they don't care who's over there. And so that's the really interesting part to me is, you know, is Zach Taylor, which I think this is what he's going to do. He, he won't be over, overly complicated. He's going to let Joe see the field. And then he's going to jog Jamar Chase out to the numbers. And they're going to say, who are you going to put out there? If you put one guy out there, we don't care who it is. We're going to throw it to him. And the guys won. Like, it, didn't, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, and if they put two guys over there, simple as you can get, right, you're either going to throw it to the other side or numbers-wise, if you're doubling both sides, I'm going to hand it to Joe Mixon. And they don't overly complicate it. Honestly, I was a part of the offense in New York that was the same way. Like, we did more probably uh, down the field as far as route adjustments go. But that was how we played offense. And Eli Manning, I think mean, they won two Super Bowls like that. And Eli's not, uh, you know, first ballot, no doubt Hall of Fame guy, you know. And, yeah. and you can, Joe is, is clearly capable of being able to decipher where to go with it and make that decision. And that's all Zach's asking him to do. It's brilliant. It's brilliant.
0: All right. So the key for the Bengals if they win is what. The key for the Rams if they win is what.
2: I think. The, I think the Bengals have to be able to. Um, if if the Rams are going to come out and they're going to play two guys um, over Jamar, um, you got you got to win with the other guys, okay. And and they're going to get they're going to get a little bit more elaborate. They're going to get some different schemes and some different zone coverages from the Rams. So that's a challenge um, in itself to be able to. To to win consistently with those guys. And then at the same time, that front, man, that front is tough. You got to be able to block it. So, and and these guys, Donald, Von Miller, I've seen this a billion times. Like you, this is the story, right? This is the story from the last super like multiple Super Bowls. You can think about this against Brady, against Mahomes. We talk about maybe there's a weakness in the offensive line. And what does it do on Super Bowl Sunday? It just boom, right? Because those defensive linemen have a weird ability to just flip this this is the last game of the season switch you're not going to be able to block me right they have that button more than any other i have i have a couple of buddies that we've we've known each other forever and playing with each other co- college football nfl this group and to a man the best athletes on the field are defensive linemen doesn't any sport they can just turn this switch on and you can't you can't stop them from doing what they want to do so that makes me nervous right they have to be able to block those guys And then when they're one-on-ones with the other guys, because I don't feel like they're going to let Jamar knowing what they, what they know about Zach Taylor's offense, that I would, I would, I would make sure that he's not in a one-on-one situation, even if it was Jalen Ramsey, I still wouldn't do it. So that's what they have to do. Um, So if they can win with those other guys and then get Joe Mixon going in the run game, because really at the end of the day, you know, Vaughn doesn't play the run great. He wants to rush the passer. So those guys are more like geared into, let's see if he'll just drop back and try and throw it on us and we can go get you. So, um, on the Ram side, I really think it's on Sean McVeigh. Like Sean McVeigh has been in this game before, like you mentioned, and um, he overthought it. Even in this last game in the NFC Championship, uh, They don't have any timeouts. It's like, okay, man, let's just stop. Let's not. Let's not panic right now. You know, that's that's the only thing I get concerned about is is that Sean is able to. He's got. He's such a brilliant guy, and and he wants it so bad. That I'm just afraid that he'll he'll over overcomplicate it, you know. And and the and the problem is, which is the conundrum that he's in, if he doesn't do that and he just gets in a drop back pass game, that Cincinnati Bengals front is legit too. They're able to get to the passer, and I think Robert that they, and
0: Hendrickson. And we don't talk yeah. about them nearly enough, man. We
2: not, and and I, I guarantee those guys are gonna they're gonna make their presence. The think about what they did against Mahomes. What do they have? Three points in the last two in the last half at home. I mean, they got him off the field a lot, and it was the it was, you know, mostly because of that front. So, I think, I think running the football obviously for both teams is important, and both teams don't want to get into a drop back pass game. Um, so that's, it's really going to be one as boring as it sounds in the trenches, man. Because the, the defensive lines, you know, for my for my money, um, that's that's where it's at, dude. These guys have the ability to take this game over for for whatever reason that is. They can just do that in the Super Bowl.
0: Well. Burrow has been getting the ball out quicker, uh, I think, in the in the postseason than he has during the regular season. Uh, yeah, obviously he he got it out very quickly against Kansas City after getting sacked nine times against the Titans. And yeah. for Stafford, if he plays well, the Rams win. Period. When he has a passer rating of over a hundred, they're eleven and zero this year. Is there going to be a conscious effort made by McVeigh to get him into a rhythm, a throwing rhythm, early?
2: Yeah, I think that's what they've struggled with all year, honestly, dude. I think that that's been the main the main concern is like we have this we have this guy we brought in to um to kind of take us to the next level. And the you know it, it's easy to just say, all right, let's like you said, let's get him into a rhythm, let's get him going, and let's make some plays in the passing game. You know, and that's been great in the post postseason, but we saw them a little bit get in the situation where he'll turn it over a little bit. He's a little bit more risk it than. Not right, and and he's going to push that envelope. So, you know, but if you don't do that, then you know why? Why did you bring him in anyway? So, I, I think that at the end of the day, you brought Matt Stafford in to win a Super Bowl for you because you've been to the Super Bowl and you've lost, right? So, you you brought him in to win it. So, let him go win the game. And, I, and I, I'm with you. I think you let him go. Let him get in a rhythm. Yeah, the run game's going to be there, but man, I'd, I'd play action pass. I'd get those guys involved. Odell's played great he, as a guy that's a. a complimentary piece to what cooper Cup's been able to do he's really started to come on even this last game was was awesome to watch so yeah man if i'm the rams i let it rip i let it rip i mean yeah it's fun to run the ball and and you got to do that to control that front but i I like sean's ability to kind of create and uh and and let matt get get going because if he gets hot the bengals won't have a chance it won't matter what what defense the front they're running so I think that? you're
0: right, man. I mean, that's the weakness when you look at that Cincinnati defense is the back end, right? With Cheeto Wozier yeah. and and Eli yeah. Apple, and I mean, the the Cooper Cup numbers, dude, are was- sick. I mean, over over 140 yards in both playoff games. How does he? How does he get open every single freaking game, DC?
2: So it's a it's a he's not just a traditional like. Calvin Johnson or like Terrell Owens or a guy where you just line up on the backside of trips and then just let him go. You know, kind of like what the Bengals do with Jamar Chase. They'll just kind of line him up over there and let's see how you cover him. They move Cooper everywhere. Like he's he's down by the defensive line, kind of coming across on a zone run, and you gotta you gotta respect it a little bit. And then out how he goes slips out the backside. Or they have these elaborate play action pass schemes. Um, and then on top of all of that he's so knowledgeable about the game. Um, and you can hear this when he talks in post-game press conferences, he breaks down the defense almost to where it's like boring for the casual fan. It's like, I don't even know what you're saying. You know, it's the thing that we like fight against when we're talking about sports is like, don't overcomplicate Well, Cooper does right. that every time he opens his mouth. So, but that just gives you an insight into like, he knows exactly what's happening out there. So he knows where he needs to be in the coverage. He knows where he is in the progression. Um, I've played with guys like that that will find their way into the open void. And that's what Cooper does, you know, especially with his, you know, his relationship and how much him and Matt spend time together. So, and, and then Sean's great at moving him around and not letting teams. They're like, I, I hear it all the time. Like, oh, got to find ways to get involved. The they're doubling it. But that's, I don't want to hear that. You can't, you can't give me that excuse because good coordinators like Sean McVay are able to put Cooper in position where you can't double him. You know, you, you, you have to, you have to be able to take him away with like a zone coverage scheme or, or really being disciplined with your eyes and coverage and knowing where he is. Cause there's really no, no way to take a guy away unless, unless the coordinator on the offensive side just is inept and not able to give him the ball.
0: He is so fun to watch, man. I, I, I love watching him play and Odell, you know, coming off his first 100 yard game, they're going to be uh, obviously big pieces to that Rams offense. All right. Exactly. I don't want to keep you too long. I do have to ask you about your brother, um i think it was cowherd show that you went on and you just laid it out there man i was like whoa i mean you normally you're you're normally a little i I feel like and tell me if i'm wrong but it's it's your brother right and you guys talk about everything but you're obviously not going to air out everything you talk about but on cowherd show a couple of weeks ago you said yeah there's a lot of decisions that need to be made with the raiders And it's not just by Mark Davis. And I took that to mean your brother's looking at the whole scenario and saying like, Hey, I'm not going to last forever. If I'm going to stay here and sign another deal, you guys got to bring in some pieces. We got to get better. So it's not just Mark Davis and whoever at the time, the new head coach was going to be deciding to keep Derek. It was Derek deciding if he wanted to be in Vegas. And I hadn't really heard that before. So we spin forward and now it's Josh McDaniels as the new head coach. And he has, uh, done nothing but, I think, sing the praises of your brother. What was your initial reaction when you found out? Because, obviously, Derek, I'm sure, talked to him and had the inside scoop that McDaniels could be the guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but you nailed it as far as just my feelings. And I, and I tried to explain, you know how these things work. You go on, and I I said at the beginning of that clip that, like, this is how I feel about Totally. This. I, right? Like, I, I talked to him about these things, so we clearly have dialogue going back and forth. But, like, to to his credit and to kind of for him, he's even like with me, he, and during the season, he's so locked in on what he has to do like that next day, you know? And, and, and that was probably why they were able to survive a lot of the nonsense that they went through this year is because he just was really focused on what they had to do. And so I would just, you know, I'm just, this is what I'm gaining from him from just being around the game, from playing the position. And for me, and I can feel it with him is He's had a lot of different head coaches, right? They've had a lot of different press conferences where they've introduced a new coach, right? And so you find yourself in that moment, like, am I gonna be excited when the new when the new guy is is hired? Like, and I'm just talking like as a as a quarterback and as a guy that's kind of going through this with him, and you kind of have to like think about that, like, why wouldn't I be super amped about another guy coming in? Right. And and so we just talked through that whole scenario and what would have to kind of work. Together and what would have to come together for the Raiders to get where they want to get? Because Derek, above everything, wants to win a Super Bowl. That's what he wants to do. Dude. Like that's he's played long enough. He makes enough money. He doesn't have to play anymore. He wants to win a Super Bowl. So where's the best place to do that? And when you get to a certain point as a veteran quarterback, um, that's all you really want to have a chance to do is is to hold up the Lombardi Trophy, especially if you've never done it before. Even when you have done it before, that's why Brady was still playing at 44. He wanted to hold it up again. He wanted to be the best. Right. So with the Raiders situation, why I said what I said is the hiring the coach is great. And to that point, Josh McDaniels was he was honestly probably the absolute best person that you could hire for Derek at this moment, because schematically, this is exactly what Derek has been doing with Gruden and, and over the last couple of years. This is a offense that is going to take advantage of like forever with the Patriots, what you don't do very well or how we match up in the best possible light. And we're going to use all of our guys on the sideline to see who we have that you don't have. And we're going to go attack that. And that's what, that's where Derek lives. He lives in that role. He loves that. He's super excited to have Josh McDaniels as the head coach. Like he couldn't be more happy, you know, that, that is the, if I had to hand pick somebody for Derek in this offense at this time, I would pick Josh McDaniels from a strictly X's and O's standpoint, like Josh, Hasn't been a head coach in a while, and he was before, and he went through his ups and downs, and I'm sure he's learned a lot since the last time he did that, right? Since the last time, you know, he was flying to Indy and decided to go fly back to New England. He's also looking for the perfect scenario, and I think that he's found that in Las Vegas. You know, you got Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, a couple of tight ends, Hunter Renfro, very similar to the Julian Edelman type player they have. It's all – a lot of this very similar, um, just pieces that you have there. So that's one thing. The other side of it, why I mentioned Mark Davis in that Coward interview, was you got to be able to see how close you are. Right. And then go grab those pieces. Look what the Rams are doing. You know, like look at the Rams. Okay. They went all in. Now I'm not saying every owner in the league has to go all in. Right. But if you know that you're close, right. And the the Raiders are as close as they've ever really been since Derek's been there. Um, Then I think you go find those pieces and then see if you can make a run at it. And to Mark's credit, not that he listens to Colin Coward or listens to what I say. <laughs> but like, in the last couple of weeks, his press conference, well, of course, in his press conference, he mentions me that he wanted to trade. <laughs> and yeah, not
0: I, I remember like, that.
2: He said, okay? Like, we're not going to mess around. Like, he didn't say, hear that. But um, to his credit, he said 10 wins isn't good enough. And that's awesome to hear. And then you bring Josh in and Josh to Derek means that Mark is serious. Like, you don't bring Josh McDaniels. You just hire Rich. Masachi, because he's a great guy and a great head coach. Now, is Rich going to get you to where you want to go? I don't know. He's never really done it. He was learning on the fly, too, but I'll tell you what Rich was. Rich was a great guy to have in that locker room and Derek loves him, right? But he went and got Josh because he knows that he's that they're close. Mark does. So right. now, now the next move is, you know, like, is Demonte Adams going to get franchise tag, right? What are you guys going to do with the right side of the offensive line that's still in flux? Um, and there's not a lot, man. There's like a, a, a couple pieces – but you just you just wait and see, you know, and that's kind of where you're at is at this point. If they're if they're all in, if they're all about this, you get Josh McDaniels, you make some of the hires they've made, which are which are brilliant, which are really good. Um, and now it's will you bring the pieces in to give us a chance to go do this thing? Because last year, honestly, um, it was it was difficult for Derek because he rolled into training camp. I remember having this conversation with him. I'm a little I'm a little concerned, right? Like when you go into camp. And he's a little concerned with some of the pieces that are moving around. Like you think Alex Leatherwood started at right tackle at the beginning of the year. He did not finish there. Right. So there were some things that were up in the air and Derek knows that he's played quarterback for a long time. Right. So give him, give him some, something solid to hang his hat on and that dude will go win games for you. You know? And I think that they're starting to, to do that and put that together.
0: The Devonte Adams piece I think is huge. And depending yeah. on what, what Aaron does, in Green Bay will probably dictate what what for Devontae sure. will do, and I know your brother uh, and Devontae obviously good friends. And th- did didn't they live on like the same street in, yeah. when he was in playing for it Oakland? Was, yeah,
2: they yeah. lived on the same. Devontae, Devontae bought a house right next to Derek because he thought that he was going to come play for the Raiders. You know, when his contract was up. So like, I don't know if I can tell. I mean, I probably shouldn't tell this story. <laughs> no,
0: no, it's like it's go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Nobody's listening.
2: Everybody knew that, like, the Packers kind of lowballed Devontae the first right. time on his last contract. And he was like, I'm not coming. I'm going to Vegas or I'm going to Oakland. And he was, they were ready to go. Like, Derek and him worked out in the offseason. And then they came back with a deal that he couldn't turn down. And it was like, and the Raiders didn't match it, which I, I kind of get. But and, and
0: I, correct me was. if I'm wrong, but I, I think that was kind of a surprise, right? They came back to him with a deal. I I believe it was like during the season.
2: Yeah. And early in the season. In a balance, because yeah. Devonte, if if, if Devontae is one thing, he's a man of his word. If he tells you he's not going to do something, he's not going to do something. So, right, you know, I'd listen if he talks. If I'm well, out there,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I would too. And and I think everybody's connecting the dots, and I would I would love to see that. All right, last question before we let you go. Um, there's a little quarterback roulette going on. If, okay. if if you are, let's just take the two right, the two big ones. If you're Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, yeah, you stay in place. Or do you go to Tampa Bay or New York or another place that, that could use a quarterback?
2: Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think Aaron wants out. I think Aaron wants to leave. And, and, um, I think honestly, I think the Packer fans and the Packers are okay with that too. You think about, they went 13 and three or they won 13 games, three years in a row. And what, what do they have to show for it? Nothing really, you know? So, at this point, I look at it. Mooch talked me into this one. He's like, Dave, if he stays there, it costs him 40 something million dollars. in the cap, if he leaves, they gain like 16 million dollars. I'm like, well, that just solved that problem. You know, like <laughs> okay. that's pretty easy. You know, so, like we even thought of this crazy scenario. What if you what if you send Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco in exchange for a first-round pick in Trey Lance? Now the Packers get a young quarterback, right? And they get a first-round pick, and Aaron gets to go home. And you imagine Kyle Shanahan. With that offense. No.
0: And, and, and you know what's really changed the game, DC, is you have, you know, years ago, you're like, dude, how could you trade away? You, I mean, you traded two first round picks to get Trey Lance, and you're going to trade yeah. him away for a guy that's 38 years old. Because Tom played until he was 44, we look yep. at Aaron Rodgers in a different light now, right? Heck, for if sure. you can get four, five good years out of Aaron Rodgers, you, you make that in a heartbeat because
2: <laughs> you're, you're the mix every year. And look what look what Kyle's buddy Sean right there he's in the Super Bowl you think Sean wants to be in the Super Bowl yeah yeah you know, know that's
0: a that's a very similar scenario all right what about Russell it looks like it, I I feel like his time in Seattle is kind of you know run its course and he's kind of a big city type guy everybody's connecting him to New York or or does he go somewhere else
2: yeah I think I think Russ does go somewhere else I think that uh I mean knowing, knowing people that have been in the building in Seattle on both sides, player and front office coach, neither one of them wanted him there, which is kind of a weird thing to say yeah because what the what the culture is inside that building is a really strange one because there's a feeling that Russell has been holding them back. I know it sounds crazy, right? but for whatever reason, there's a feeling in the in the building that that is is the case. I'm not pinpointing one person I'm just sure. saying that. This is definitely the feeling, um, and not not from a player standpoint. So, right. figure out who that might be, right?
0: Well, so where does he? So where does he go? If you're Russell, like, where do you go?
2: Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, if you think about it, probably, probably Tampa Bay looks pretty good. You know, um, New Orleans. I know they have some salary cap issues. There's gonna be there's gonna be options for Russell Wilson. Um, who knows where he goes? I don't think that it's gonna be Seattle though.
0: Yeah. Well, heck, yeah. you have, you know, depending on what Rodgers does, you have Denver that could be open. You have. You that's know, another
2: option for Aaron, you know, with Hackett there, you know. Yeah. But want to play in that division?
0: <laughs> I know. That's, I wouldn't. And, and I don't think that would be a good move for him. Um, I, I
2: mean, division, blood is in the division and I wouldn't suggest it. But no way. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. I know.
0: Hey, buddy, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us. Um, yeah. I'll be watching you this week and uh, let's catch up soon, man.
2: All right, buddy. See ya. Talk to you.